0: When you hear this music, you're either by the beach. Somebody's doing kind of a Beach Boys riff. Or you're listening to Blair and Barker. Either live, as you are now, or via podcast, which you can do at any time. And generally that means, when you hear us live, that the Toronto Blue Jays have done something of significance in Kevin Barker. That is certainly the case today. Chris Bassett, free agent pitcher, signing a three-year, $63 million contract. Ben Clemens of Fangraphs, who does his top 50 uh, free agent listings, had Chris Bassett as his fifth best starting pitcher. He estimated he'd sign a deal for three years and 51 million. Kevin, three and 63 seems like pretty good business for the Blue Jays. You know, we talked, hey, we're used to sort of seeing pitchers sign four and five year deals here. We talk about a Canadian premium. Doesn't seem to be the case here with Chris Bassett.
1: Yeah, maybe. Look, if you know if the if, uh, prediction was three for 51, did they overpay? I don't know. He'd be 34 in February. He's coming off a career and, and and innings pitched. Uh, he Look, this is something they had to do, right? Uh, if you look at the Jays last year of how many innings pitched, and you talk about this a, a lot, about how many innings pitched that the starters had last year for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is 827. Uh, Jeff, do you know how many uh, innings pitched the starters had for the Astros last year during the regular season? I'm almost scared to ask, but you're gonna go ahead and tell me. Nine hundred and fifty. So if you're if you're Ross Atkins and you're sitting around, and that is the bar. Like if that's the team that you're trying to beat, which obviously if you if you want to get to the World Series, guess who you have to go through? Probably Jeff. It's probably going to be the Astros. And if this is the bullpen that the Blue Jays are sort of going to piece together and continue to have sort of the same faces, the same arms, the same trickery, the same spin, you're going to have to have some starters pitch some serious innings you're looking for 900 innings pitched, somewhere around that mark. And you, now you've added an extra guy. You know, Manoa, Gosman, and Brios are the three guys that you're banking on to give you close to 600, right? In that range of 600 innings pitched, and now you're trying to figure out the other 300. I just think Chris Bassett coming off that 181 has six different pitches. He's got three different fastballs. He's real big in the spin thing. He's an uncomfortable with bat. It makes sense. Three for 63, look, that's – I, this day and age, as much money is being spent, I think this, I don't want to say it's a bargain, but you know, I think they got what they wanted to get and didn't overspend it. Can still go out and make uh, some changes and add some pieces if they wanted to do that.
0: It is the fourth consecutive offseason that the Jays have spent at least $20 million per year on a multi year free agent Hyun Jin Ryu, George Springer, Kevin Gossman, and now uh, Chris Bassett. Uh, added to that list, Jose Barrios, that extension doesn't count because he was not a free agent. In Chris Bassett, they are getting a guy who was pitched in two hitter-friendly ballparks, admittedly. He's pitched in Oakland, where he was a teammate and good friend of Matt Chapman, and we may fi- find out down the road that Matt Chapman played a role in recruiting Chris Bassett. Here. I'm sure. And he, also, and he also pitched a city Field in New York. Um Since coming back from Tommy John surgery, which is around 2018, 2019, he's got an ERA plus of 124. That's 19th in baseball in that time amongst all starters who've made 75-plus starts. It may not sound like a lot, but that's better than Luis Castillo. And just slightly behind Zach Wheeler. Oh, yes. And in the last three years, he's allowed fewer than one home run per nine innings pitched.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see what the Rogers Center does. I know the the corkiness that's about to come to the Rogers Center, maybe they're doing some things to the fence. Maybe that'll help. Maybe it won't help. You know, again, it's the American League East. I know you're not going to play those teams as much as it did in the past. He's going to have to add and subtract. He's going to have to locate well. The three fastballs are going to have to be good. He is a spin guy, right? It is. The fastballs are moving all over the plate. I mentioned it. He's an uncomfortable bat. If you're a hitter walking to the plate against him, you really don't know where to look, what to look for, what you're trying to do where you want the pitch to go after you swing at it. So it's an it's a nice piece. Again, you're looking for the extra three hundred innings, Jeff. That that's if they want to go where they want to go and sort of hide what they have in their bullpen, which is the whole deal here, right? We know this mm-hmm. is the really, really good teams that go deep into the playoffs. Their starters are carrying them. Like they're giving them bulk innings, they're giving them some quality starts, right? You don't have to have, you know, six or seven or eight dudes, but you gotta have some guys that can give you some quality innings to get you to the playoffs. So it gives that bullpen a little bit of a rest, and then when they get in the in the playoffs, you'll see the best out of the Romanos and the Basses and the Garcias and the Pops and whoever else you add to the mix, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice add, and again, this is, you know, sort of, you have to ask yourself, where, where does this put them between the other two teams, right? You, you'd have to think the American League East now with what the Red Sox are going through, where the Orioles go, I'm still not on the Orioles bandwagon just yet, but the other two teams, you know, and the Reds and, and the Rays and the, and the Yankees. What does what does this do for them against those two teams?
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, boy, I'll t- I'm. I'm still unimpressed with the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox have got a whole whole bunch of question marks. They've got more question marks
1: off the field too. I marks think marks right, Blue Jays. Yeah.
0: off the field too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by signing Chris Bassett, and keep in mind he has. You know, Jeff Passon reported he'll join us later. On uh, Jeff Passen has reported that they've agreed to terms. Everybody else has as well, so it's pending physical, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's the way you do things now in baseball. Uh, you agree to terms, and then, and then the. Uh, it's not like the old days where you'd hold a news conference and nobody. Oh my God, what are they doing? Oh yeah, look who they signed. Uh, it's not like that anymore. So technically, they've agreed to terms. Uh, looking at the Blue Jays, innings in twenty. 22. Alec Manoa gave him 196 and two-thirds. Kevin Gossman gave him 174 and two-thirds. Jose Barrios, crap year, still 172 innings pitched. Chris Bassett, career-high, 181 and two-thirds innings pitched. Kevin, the reason I mention that, I read these teams off to you. Houston, Cleveland, Seattle, San Diego, Philadelphia, Yankees, and the Braves. What do they have in common? They all made the playoffs, and those are the top seven teams in baseball in terms of innings pitched from their starting pitchers oh and Kevin give me the two teams that had the fewest innings pitched from their relievers I know you mentioned this to me who were they again uh, well Jack I would say well,
1: well, well the Jays are one of them and, oh you're talking about the two teams yeah, few, that the play- yeah oh, fewest innings oh, the, pitched the, by relievers and, and the two teams that are in the World Series the Phillies and the Astros so what we're saying is, there's still we
0: still expect the Blue Jays to make some moves in the bullpen. I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to add some swing and miss stuff somehow. Uh, we know that. Hey, you know, keep an eye on Zach Britton. Zach Britton's throwing 99, working out in Nashville with an individual that we know. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach Britton has said he'd like to come to Toronto. There, there are some depth relievers out there. There are some relievers that could be in play via trade. We know that the Jays talked to the, the Cardinals about Ryan Helsley. We've heard that Liam Hendricks could be in play. I mean, who the hell knows? I'm sure the Miami Marlins have some somebody who's throwing 138 miles an hour someplace, and they're looking for a catcher as well. So in, in the past 72 hours, we've seen the Jays sign Kevin Kiermaier, who gives them some outfield depth. No, he's not going to replace Teoscar Hernandez offensively. Nobody's... Ever said he's going to do that. That's not the point. The point is Kevin Kiermaier is, frankly, right now, a better center fielder than George Springer. He's going to be giving you some outfield depth. However the Jays address that left-handed bat situation, it's going to be a better left-hand hitting outfielder. Kevin Kiermaier gives them some depth in the outfield. They've just signed Chris Bassett. We fully believe that they're still going to add an impactful left-handed bat whether it's somebody like Michael Conforto or via trade, maybe add a left-handed hitter via trade. We know that the Arizona Diamondbacks has some young outfielders that the Jays are interested in, and, uh, and, and, and we still expect, as I said, that they will add somebody to the back end of the bullpen. I mean, Kevin, we've both kind of been told that the ideal scenario for the Blue Jays is that Jordan Romano isn't the only guy capable of pitching the ninth inning. They want somebody else there as well, and they'll keep their eyes open for – Another starting pitcher that may fall into their laps on a, on a one-year deal.
1: Yeah, heaven forbid that something ever happened to Manoa or Gosman and they miss him some time. And that would, you know, you'd have to try and make up for those innings that they're going to miss. Yeah, it's, look, it's not a finished product yet. We all know it, they still have a weakness in the bullpen. It's, it's who's John Snyder going to in the sixth inning, the seventh inning, the eighth inning? When Romano's not pitching the ninth inning, who do you feel comfortable giving the ball to when it matters the most? Is he even on the team? Jeff, that's another question is so they got some, they still have some work to do you know, in that bullpen, get some more swing and miss, what you mentioned, you know, the left-handed bat, that's a that's on the wish list. Is that a must right now? Probably not. You know, you could oh, probably yeah. think more. Oh. Well, I don't know. Look, it's, that's a wish list, right? It's a it's a DH. It's a guy that can platoon in left field. Yeah, it's a perfect scenario. That's exactly what you want. Brantley comes here. He DHs a little bit. He plays a little left, but it's more about pitching for me.
0: John Heyman's reporting, by the way, that Christian Vasquez has been signed or has agreed to terms with the Minnesota Twins. So the reason I mention that is we know that the Jays have got depth at the catching position. They've got Alejandro Kirk, Gabriel Moreno, and, of course, Danny Jansen. We know that at the winter meetings, indeed before the winter meetings, teams talk to the Blue Jays about one of their catchers, theoretically Christian Vasquez going to the Minnesota Twins would probably remove the Twins from the equation for any of the Blue Jays' catches. There are still some teams out there. We keep hearing that the Houston Astros are interested in uh, addressing their catching situation. The Miami Marlins, they want offense. They also want catching. The Cleveland Guardians are probably in that picture as well. So the Jays have addressed a major need in Chris Bassett. They've addressed what I would call a secondary need in getting a good defensive outfielder in Kevin Kiermaier, and they still have their most tradable commodities, those catchers. Oh, and by the way, they've also had some nibbles on Santiago Espinal as well, which probably wouldn't come as a surprise and and probably shouldn't come as a surprise to Blue Jays fans. But the story of the day, Chris Bassett agreeing to a three-year, $63 million contract with the Toronto Blue Jays. Chris Bassett pitched for the New York Mets last year. John Harper is the Mets reporter with Sportsnet New York, and he joins us on Blair and Barker. John, thanks for joining us. As always, good to talk to you again. Trust you're doing well. Trust the family's doing well. Uh, you've seen this guy. We've read about him. We've seen him a little bit in TV. But tell us what the Jays are getting in Chris Bassett.
2: Yeah, how you guys doing? Um, he had a real solid year for the Mets. He, uh, he 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 was a good fit here in a lot of ways with the Mets. He Brings a lot of intensity to uh, to the mound, to the way he goes about things. He was, in that sense, he was a lot like Scherzer. And they hit it off really well, he and Max Scherzer. Uh, they both love to talk about pitching. Uh, it, even after, right after the guys come out of the game, they would have these kind of these sessions where, you know, they involved everybody in the staff or, or the starting rotation at times. And uh, they seemed to all benefit from it. Um, he was he was durable. He made 30 starts, averaged okay. about six innings to start. And, uh only had one bad stretch during the season, three or four starts, but came out of it and pitched really well. He was probably the only guy that made all of his starts, stayed, uh, stayed injury free. Really, it just ended badly, kind of like the Mets' season in general. He, uh, you know, they went into Atlanta that last weekend, uh, needing just to win one out of three to to base to pretty much clinch the division, and they got swept by Atlanta. He had the third of the t- of the three games and pitched really poorly. He pitched unlike uh, what he pitched all year, pitched defensively, trying to look like he was trying to be too fine, uh, make perfect pitches and ended up going, I think only like three innings, gave up maybe four runs and walked some guys, gave up some hits and admitted afterward, uh, that he, he kind of, I mean, it looked like the moment was too big for him and it kind of felt that way. I mean, he almost admitted it, uh, saying he, he tried to go out there trying to do too much, um, and so, in that sense, maybe he'd be better because he had a wild card start against the Padres. Uh, you know, a week later, but really did the same thing: uh, pitched defensively again, walking guys, and only lasted about three innings. So, uh, not sure what to make of that. Uh, you know, he's a guy who had pitched in the playoffs before, but he did make some comments late in the year that kind of raised some eyebrows in terms of, you know, New York is, can be a difficult place because there's so much scrutiny on everybody, things like that. I don't think that influenced the Mets. I think this is more about. Uh, they got Singa for about six million dollars less, and they they have a lot of age in that rotation. They wanted, to, I think, they wanted to get a little bit younger so with Singa. Um, so that's a lot to throw at you guys, but that's basically kind of his year in a nutshell.
1: John, the first couple of innings when you're watching Chris throw, he's got six different pitches That's a lot. Man, you know, you're 34 years old. You're trying to spin it. you got three different haters. You want it gripping it different, you know, mechanically. Uh, what, what When you see him the first couple of innings, is there something that tells you, man, he's going to have a really good day? Is it his pitches? Is it a strike one? Is it something? Because the 181 career-high innings pitch, it stands out to you at 33. That's a big number, right? That's a That's sort of a big jump from years past. Is there a certain thing early in games that you're seeing – that maybe go wow he's gonna have a really good day.
2: Uh, mostly command, well, you know, when he had command of his, uh, especially his fastball because he used his breaking ball really well. Uh, he, you know, he, you guys are seeing he throws it at different speeds, and uh, he, he really knows how to uh, keep hitters off balance with it. Um, he throws that like you know eighty seventy nine mile hour curveball at times and gets guys way out in front. But he kind of, he really, uh, like a lot of guys these days, has learned to use that fastball up in the zone, even though it's not overpowering. But he, he can throw it up in the zone and get some strikeouts with it, and uh, especially with, the, with the, way, the way he uses all of his other pitches. I think it's, you know, as long as he's uh, throwing strikes and hitting his spots, he's, he's going to be really good. That's what he didn't do those last couple of starts. But for most of the year, he did that. And, uh, you know, he's got that delivery, too, where he – comes flying at the hitter with the glove and kind of uh it's it's kind of deceptive in a way cuz he doesn't throw that hard especially when he comes to that off that delivery with his with his uh, slow stuff his slower breaking stuff he got he had a lot of success with that and uh as long as he's hitting his spots throwing strikes he's uh, he usually has a good day
0: he's also uh you know in and of itself a pretty good story we you know a lot of us remember that incident i think it was august 28th was it 2021 where he took the liner uh, off the cheekbone i think it was brian goodwin and uh i don't know it was like 110 miles an hour or something like that and uh you know came back and, and pitched do you ever do you ever talk about that just the sort of the the mentality required to to overcome that type of uh, uh, of a scary injury
2: he did a little bit he never went into a lot of detail uh last year but he uh you know he just he basically said that he was always determined to come back from it not let uh, you know that kind of things derail him. That's why he he wanted to get back on the mound as soon as he did as soon as he could and did in that finished that year by getting on the mound. Uh, he's a tough guy and you know he uh, he kind of made some uh, remarks that got a lot of attention early in the year. I think it was his first maybe his first start, first or second start of the year. He uh, fell behind you know, pitching against the Nationals when Soto was still there. Fell in an and counts 3-0 against Soto. Um, I think he had maybe I might have had run, a couple runners on base or something. But then came at him with three fastballs, and you know you that's uh, that's asking a lot against Soto. But he struck struck him out, struck him out swinging, and uh, and he went on to have a you know a solid start. I think they won the game. And he was asked about it afterwards, and he says <laughs> they, the Mets ended up using this in kind of a. Uh, uh, promo for the year that he he was quoted saying, you know I don't care what the name of your back the name on the back of your jersey is I don't care I'm coming after you that's the way I pitch I'm coming after you and those words kind of defined him in a lot of ways because he uh at, he you know he's not the most he, and he said it himself he's not the most uh, gifted guy he's just worked really hard at his craft and he's got that I again that kind of that Scherzer like mentality brings that intensity to the
1: mound. John, he doesn't give up a ton of home runs. You know, Oakland with the Mets, he doesn't give up a ton of those. The American League East, there's some, you know, there's some corkiness going on to these ballparks. You can get the head out in Boston like, you know, the Rogers Center, the ball flies. Is there any worry, do you think, because you've seen him more than we have, that that's going to become an issue? Or does he have the equipment to get through that, make some adjustments, and be quality here, keep the ball in the yard?
2: Yeah, I think he's smart enough to adjust. Uh, he, you know, City Field at, at his home park with the Mets is 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 kind of pitcher friendly, um, and obviously Oakland was as well. And he does he does pitch up pitch more in the zone more up in the zone than he used to. So the uh, A, you're right, the AL East will be a test with some of those ballparks. Uh, but he's got, uh, you know, as you said, he's got enough variety in his arsenal. I think that he can. He can work around it. But he does need to establish that fastball to make everything else work. So I think that's going to be a real test for him, in, going to that, that division against some of those lineups.
0: John, while we have you on the line, are, are, are the Mets done now? Like, Is there even a point in me asking that? <laughs> I, I guess I, are they ever going to be well, you know, done?
2: You, know, you don't think $350 million payroll is enough? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't
0: know. Is Steve, Co- My guess is Steve Cohen probably doesn't think it's enough.
2: I tell you, you know, they, they still, they have a, they have a little to do and they have, they still need to uh, deepen up the bullpen, they add some bullpen depth and they need another, they don't really have more than three or four outfielders. So they probably need, they, and they really actually could use that's been still the talk around here is they still could use a power bat. Uh, they were a, a solid offensive team last year, but they were well below in home runs compared to the Phillies and the Braves and that, Lack of power hurt him at times, and uh, they're hoping maybe this kid, this Francisco Alvarez, uh, can be that guy as the rookie catcher. But they don't know if he's ready to catch, maybe as a DH. Uh, but I think, for the most part, I think they're done. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, Mets fans are ecstatic, obviously. Steve Cohen, I think, you know, early on in the off season, he had made some comments about how, hey, three hundred three hundred million. If you can't, you know, you ought to be able to build we'll build a winning team with three hundred million dollars payroll. But then I, you know, I I I've heard from Mets people that basically I think he saw, you know, the Phillies going ahead and giving out these big contracts to Padres, some of these other teams, and obviously the money's flowing this off season, and basically he kind of said, why not? I'm going, I'm blowing past. You know, they named that that highest threshold after him, the Steve Cohen tax. He blew right past it and. Uh, I think his tax bill, uh, aside from the payroll, is supposedly up to near eighty million. So, but uh, you know he's willing to pay that. He, he doesn't. I mean, uh, those penalties can hurt you in other ways with draft choices and things. But the money, I mean, he, if anybody's got the money, he does. So he's going after it and uh, not apologizing for it. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> John, really good of you to join us today, my friend. Thanks so much. Have a great holiday season. Great Best stuff. To you and yours. All
2: right, thanks. Same to you guys. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Take care. That's John Harper, of Sportsnet New York. Uh, Again, Chris Bassett, three years, $63 million with the Blue Jays agreeing to terms. Uh, The Jays did, uh, the the Mets did extend a qualifying offer to Chris Bassett. Uh, He turned it down. So that means the Blue Jays will forfeit their uh, second second highest pick in the 2023 draft. They will also, I didn't say pay a penalty, but they'll also lose $500,000. Off their international uh free agent market pool, so there is a cost to signing a player or pitcher uh, mm-hmm. who has had a qualifying offer extended to him and and you know if if you need any more I'm not calling anybody out here I'm not comparing anybody to anybody, but there was a time where the Toronto Blue Jays, under a different general manager and a different president, wouldn't want to extend a free agent contract offer. To a player or pitcher, um, at 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 the risk of losing, or at the risk of losing a draft pick, it was, it was certainly factored into the equation, and clearly not the case here with uh, with Ross Atkins or Mark Mark Shapiro. Fourth consecutive offseason, the Jays have spent at least twenty million dollars a year on a. Uh, multi-year free agent deal, Jin Ryu, George Springer, Kevin Gossman, and now Chris Bassett. So uh, the Jays' payroll with this will be creeping, even with Teoscar Hernandez traded. Kevin, this, this payroll's creeping up.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, look, they're contending, right? they got a couple of guys who are elite players that are young, and they, they want to win. While the getting's good, I, I, look, I, I like the signing. It will be intriguing. The six pitches. Now he's got five. He, he'll occasionally sprinkle in the changeup. It's the age and the ballparks he's going to play in consistently, right? It's leaving Oakland. It's leaving the Mets, right? It's 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 friendly. I know he gets some weak contact. He's not a big swing and miss guy. What would the shift do for him? So there's some things there that you're going to wonder. And it's how much can he give you? If he gives you 27 to 30 starts, somewhere in that 160 to 180 range innings pitched. I mean, that's about as good as you can expect. Keep it in the yard. Give him a chance to win most of the time. He's a veteran guy. He's going to add and subtract. Lights shouldn't be too bright. Maybe a change of scenery. Johnny mentioned it there. You know, New York's not the easiest place. Change of scenery. you got some youth around you. Dudes want to win. They're hungry. So maybe that'll help too.
0: Well, it's a safe bet that when there is a big trade or a big signing, uh, that – our next guest is the guy who broke the story, or we're certainly all over the story. And uh, that was the case today. Again, the announcement. Chris Bassett signed a three-year, $63 million, or agreed to a three-year, $63 million deal with the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's bring in our very good friend, Jeff Passan. Three years, $63 million. Kind of in the ballpark for what you thought Chris Bassett would get. Yeah,
3: I, I think a, a pretty reasonable deal. But, listen, you're paying $20 million plus a year for a guy who's going to be 34 on opening day. Like, there's some risk to it. And, you know, I, I think Bassett was looking for that fourth year, but because of the age, it just never materialized. And he wanted to be in Toronto. Like, I think it is simple as that i think if the the money were equal elsewhere i think he really liked the idea of playing in toronto uh playing in front of an extraordinarily loyal fan base and just loved the city you know he's a northeastern ohio guy so i'm not suggesting that northeast ohio and toronto have this great tie necessarily but uh, as somebody who grew up in Northeast Ohio as well, I know Toronto was a very quick trip for us. And uh, being close to family and being on a team uh, that, uh, you know, you could put right up there with the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm going to throw the Baltimore Orioles in there now, too, as teams that uh, genuinely have a chance at, at winning the American League East. Uh, I think that really played a large part in it.
1: Heilman and Matt Chapman are really good friends too. I'm sure that doesn't hurt. Uh, uh, passing is what's next for the Jays. I think that's the question here, right? Is is I think they've sort of solidified their rotation. They went out. They didn't spend too much. I yep. think they just spent enough on their rotation. What's next?
3: Yep. I mean, how much more do they need right now? They're they are a very good baseball team and if they're going to make another big move to me it's going to be trading from a position of strength in catcher and listen there are options out there there you know uh, a team like the like the miami marlins wants to go out and get a catcher a uh, team like the cleveland guardians you know they've been in on some free agents but if you got the chance to get a, a kirk a jansen uh Uh, uh, Moreno then you certainly have to be open to the idea of doing so I think the question about the Jays at this point uh, is if they are going to trade a catcher uh, are they going to be looking for big league now return or are they going to look to bolster their farm system to uh, bring some some good guys alongside Aurelvis Martinez and if Moreno sticks around Gabby Moreno uh, and Ricky Tiedemann and, and really turn that farm system into more of a juggernaut than it is
0: right now. Jeff, would you at all be scared away by the fact that Chris Bassett has pitched at City Field? He's also pitched in Oakland. Those are two pretty pitcher-friendly ballparks.
3: No, because I think if you look, Jeff, at Chris Bassett's career home run rate, um, you know, the The home run per fly ball thing tends to work pretty well in his favor. I'm not saying that uh, keeping balls inside of the ballpark is an ability that goes beyond the stadium in which you pitch because listen, clearly, uh, especially Oakland, that's an extremely friendly pitcher's park. Um, but But you look and anybody who's got a career home rate, home run rate, Below one per nine innings, that's somebody in this era that you are going to stand behind. And I, I think Bass is uh, another thing that works in his favor a lot. Jeff is the fact that he's got a bunch of different pitches. It's not like mm-hmm. you know, with Kevin with Kevin Gosman, if his fastball command is off or he's he's not able to to flash that splitter for strikes on a particular day you know, he may have a little bit of a rougher time. Bassett, he's thrown under 50% fastballs, uh, and and then around, I think, somewhere in the range of 18% on his cutter, slider, curveball, and the changeup is a little bit more of a show-me pitch, but he's got five legitimate big league pitches, and if a pitch is not working for him, he'll just ramp up the use of another one. And And it's why when I'm looking for a starter, uh, who I think can can succeed in a ballpark like Rogers Center, Chris Bassett is. If not at the top of the list, then certainly up there. The guy who's just been really consistently good. You know, uh, yeah. he, he had a fantastic COVID year, had like a two two nine I think ERA. Uh, but even last year, when Max Scherzer was out for a period of time, when Jacob Degrom was out for an extended period of time, Chris Bassett's the one. Who picked up the slack there. He's the guy who threw 180 innings of low three baseball. And you're not expecting him to be a front of the rotation type. That's why you've got Manoa. That's why you've got Gosman, But for a number three, I will take Chris Bassett every day of the week.
1: Okay, I think you're sort of the guy to ask this because I know you're in tune with all the other teams that might be interested in one of the three catchers. I don't want to ask you which one is drawing more interest. I want to ask you in your opinion, just by the people you've talked to, who do you think the Jays, one of those three catchers, can do without and still make a deep run at a championship?
3: Oh, I think Moreno's the answer there, right? Like, we we know, we believe Moreno is going to be a good big league player based on both the performance he's had in the minor leagues, uh, the ages he's been at each of his stops has been well ahead of uh, the expectation or the average age. uh, And, and just the the defense, like you see it, you watch Gabby Moreno, you see an elite defender behind the plate. Uh, If he goes, then you've got Alejandro Kirk, who's an all-star and who's bat. uh, It's not unimpeachable, but it's really good. And Danny Jansen is coming off a career year. So if this is a win-now thing for the Blue Jays, Moreno is the guy to go. But Moreno is also the guy with the highest upside, I think, of the three. And and the one for whom you probably, at this point, are going to get the most in return. I mean, it's either him or Kirk. Uh, Both of them you're going to do really well if you move. But it's, it's an understandable thing if you try and move from your strength. It's exactly what the Atlanta Braves did today in getting Sean Murphy. Yep. They they had a strength in starting pitching depth, and so they traded Kyle Muller and Freddie uh, and, Tarnik, uh, and uh, the Salinas kid who's 21 years old, and they were able to turn William Contreras, another strength in their catching depth, into Estiuri Ruiz who completed the deal with Oakland.
0: You know, one of the things when you look at Chris Bassett and you look at the innings he pitched last year, I mean, I'm looking at the Jays right now, the rotation. Manoa had 196 and two-thirds innings. Bassett, 181 and two-thirds career high. Gossman, 174 and two-thirds. Jose Barrios, 172 innings. And I looked at the teams that last year had the most innings from their starting pitchers. Houston, Cleveland, Seattle, San Diego, Philly, the Yankees, yep. and Atlanta. Yep. They all made the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> like yep. there is a, There's a connection here, is there not?
1: Uh,
3: it's, it's causative, Jeff. It's not correlated. This is not an okay. accident that when you're starting pitching stays healthy and goes out there and performs, you are a good baseball team. And, and it's why the, the whole argument that baseball is you know, on this trend away from starting pitching, I think, I think the numbers and the data flies in the face of that. Uh, you don't need a good starting rotation to win a championship. But you better have a good starting rotation if you want to make the playoffs. Because if you don't, that's going to make it exponentially more difficult to do so. And I think the the Jays' prioritization of starting pitching, whether it's the development of Manella, the signing of Gaussman, the extension of uh, and trade for Barrios, uh, and even going back to Jin Ryu, who kind of started this whole ascent that we're talking about right now like when Ryu signed in 2020 that to me was the sign from the Blue Jays that we are getting ready to compete in this window and I think the fact that they went out and signed Chris Bassett to a three-year deal it tells me that they don't feel like that window is shutting anytime soon and they're going to play this thing out as best they can between now and then.
0: Jeff, listen, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Uh, I know it's a hectic day. It's still, well, it's always, it's, it's always a hectic time for you, but uh, we really do appreciate you doing this, my friend. Thanks so much. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, hopefully, we do talk to you. Yeah, yeah happy holidays, Same man. Thank you happy guys, holidays. and hopefully,
3: uh, hopefully next time I'm on, I uh, don't sound like uh, I have a cold and uh, I'm on the verge of death. So uh, good talking, boys.
0: <laughs> Take care, Jeff. Be well. See you, man. See ya. Jeff Passon of ESPN again. He broke the story. Chris Bassett, three years, $63 million, agreeing to terms with the Toronto Blue Jays. Chris Bassett, 181 and two-third innings last year with the New York Mets. And uh, at least now, theoretically, profiles, If we assume that Jose Barrios is going to have a bit of a comeback year. I seem to be the only person on the planet Confident in saying that, but Alec Manoa, Kevin Gossman, uh, Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios—those are your top four starters. Pick it, you know, pick the order there, Uh, and that you know effectively means that, as I said, Mitch White and uh, Yusei Kikuchi—that you've kind of kept them away from the sharp objects for the time being. Uh, You are right, Mister Barker. I would be surprised if the Blue Jays do not bring in another sort of veteranish arm, something that's not going to cost them. A ton of money. Interesting, you know. I was thinking about this as uh, as Jeff Passan was talking. There was a time where we were writing and we were talking about how once you got into your mid thirties or even your sort of early thirties, teams were less reluctant to give you free agent kind. Right? We talked about that. Everybody, mm-hmm. we talked about how the the older players kind of got squeezed out a little bit. And it's interesting this year, and I think maybe this is a product of just better sports science, better nutrition, whatever. Kevin, teams aren't at all – teams aren't afraid of paying dudes big money at the age of 37, 38, 39 anymore. They're just
1: not. Yeah, I think it's more two or three years. It's not seven or eight or nine years, right? That, that's that's what they're going to mm-hmm. stay away from. They're, they're going to give them more AAV instead of the more years, which makes sense. You're probably right about the – they know how to take care of their bodies a little bit more. They know a routine's off the field. They've mastered those things, which allows them to throw harder. Uh, they use bullpens more. Like, that's a big deal. it would be interesting to see what the shift does, right? It'll be interesting to see how older guys get through it. Is it a factor now? The ball that the big lefty hit to the right fielder is thrown out at first base that's no longer gonna happen so what do you do mm-hmm. when that's a single and the old guys happen to get out of the stretch instead of pitching out of the wind up with one out that's that's the one little thing for me anyway but i, I think we can both agree uh, jeff this is a nice little piece for the blue Jays, 63 million i mean in, in today's game that's really nothing right it's you're gonna get what you're gonna get from him because he's a veteran guy and and again around those other guys i think will make him better because those guys are hungry Barrios, i gotta be honest with you he should be very hungry he was embarrassing i mean it's Say it like it is. He's embarrassing. The deal he signed and the year he had. You know, you're expecting better things from him. Uh, quite frankly, the bullpen's not good enough. I mean, it's, it's just still not. Like the, it'll be the same arms, the same looks that they had last year. It it has to get better. Like it's if it's Liam Hendricks, if it's Zach Britton, if it's a, if it's other uh, trades. Something has to happen to make the bullpen better and. You know that That's, for me, is how serious can it take the Blue Jays if this is all they do? Now, I'm sure that's not what they're – this is all they're going to do. I'm sure they're going to add some more pieces. They're probably going to bring in an older left-handed bat. Somebody can platoon in the outfield, maybe play a little first. But it's those arms in the bullpen. That's the thing is, right? Can you get enough uh, innings pitch, quality innings pitch out of those starters to take a little you know, something off those guys that are going to be there again? Another year for the Blue Jays. That'll be the intriguing thing for me.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm just looking at that rotation. If Jose Burrios can bounce back and give you another 15 to 20 innings, whatever, 15 innings, and you've got Chris Bassett uh, picking up the slack elsewhere. Uh, and, and we should also keep in mind that Ross Stripling has left the Blue Jays. And Ross Stripling was a major contributor last year. So we've, it's not as if Chris Bassett is coming in and replacing some somebody who was just like a you know a void no he's coming in to replace uh, to replace the innings that Ross Stripling gave you I, i'm i'm with you though i think it it it's if you improve your bullpen great if you bring in that power arm or more power arms great but what the blue jays have done by signing chris bassett is probably increase the number of innings they're going to get out of their rotation, or at least the potential number of innings that buys you a little bit of insurance against maybe not having that big arm right out of the gate of spring training. Maybe you add that big arm halfway through the year, whatever. It also buys you insurance, quite frankly, against maybe another slow start by Jose Barrios. We just, you know, we just don't know. And, and again, the bottom line to me is if you can keep Mitch White and say Kikuchi out of the rotation, that's good. And I'm not saying that I don't ever want to see Mitch White in the, in the Jays' rotation. I, Mitch White, at some point, might be able to be a contributor. But I like the fact that this depth now has eliminated one of those guys. I'm a guy, I'd like to see Yusei Kikuchi in the bullpen. I really would. I'd like to see him get in the bullpen in spring training. I'd like to see them work with him as a reliever. I understand there's some command issues, but this just opens the door and buys the Jays a little bit of wiggle room that uh, the otherwise wouldn't have. They, they, they wouldn't have had. I, and and I, think, I, I think the gamble is well worth it. I think the gamble is well worth it with Chris Bassett. I really do.
1: Yeah, that's well said. Again, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the rotation and the coaching staff to get the rotation where it needs to go and, and line everybody up the right way, and some guys need to stay healthy. But they're a good team. They're a playoff team right now. It's just a question, Jeff. If this is all they do, are they a World Series team?
0: Nah, this isn't all they're going to do. They're, they're, they've are they're got at least another couple of moves to make. I will say this, too. My guess is the pitching lab in Dunedin, they got a dude with six pitches. Those guys are those guys are popping champagne tonight. Like the khakis, yeah. they're having a khaki oh, party tonight. Moonwalking. <laughs> moonwalking. They're dancing around the, you know, magic crystal room or something like that. It's a khaki party. It's a khaki party. They got a dude with six pitches. Do you know how much video you can get off a dude oh, with six man. pitches? Oh my God. Anyhow, that's it for us for Blair and Barker. Again, the big news today, Chris Bassett agreeing to a three-year, sixty-three million dollar Contract with the Toronto Blue Jays. That story broken by Jeff Passan. As always, if you're listening to this via podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, if there is any breaking Jays news, signing, trade, or whatever, Blair and Barker will be your destination. You get the breakdown of it, and uh, just follow me on social media: SN Jeff Blair. We'll tweet out whenever we're having these sort of emergency, these little emergency pods or little emergency shows. It's a way of ensuring that you get to hear us break things down as soon as possible uh, whenever the Jays make a big move. So again, uh, for all of us here at Blair and Barker, I'm Jeff Blair. Thanks so much for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of your evening.